almost blurs. It's your girl Dove Cat. I'm your girl Dove Cat. Dove Cat almost blurs. So it's your boy JB. JB almost blurs. And this is almost blurs. So this week, y'all, welcome. It's another episode of almost blurs, but this week. I feel like Dove Cat. You know, generally I'm good when we start off the episode. She was like, you know what? I'm never prepared. I don't know. This week <laughs> I really struggled with something to kind of start this episode with. But um, yeah. So I did work out. I got a good workout in today. Today's been a challenging day, but I'm good. And I'm just going, oh, I'm going to tell you guys to go watch something that is not nerdy. Okay. There's a, show, there's a movie on Netflix with Gabrielle Union and Keith Powers called The Perfect Fine. And I'm not really big on romantic comedies. Um, I'm even watching With Love, and I don't feel like it's funny. It's just a romance show to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess there are funny elements, but it's definitely more romance than comedy. But this, the movie With Love, with I mean, not With Love, but The Perfect Fine with Gabrielle Union and Keith Powers is actually kind of funny. Is entertaining. Um, it was, I mean, Gabrielle Union is just acting like herself, but um, Quit it. because I'm just saying, we, if you've seen Gabrielle Union in one thing, you've seen her in everything. That but she plays true. a basically like a creative director or something who was with someone for like 10 years and they broke up. It's almost like a modern day version of like how Stella got a groove at, but not really because she's not as old as Angela Bassett was being portrayed as in that movie. Uh, even though Angela Bassett is just fine. And My queen. Whatever age she'll be, she'll be fine. But Powers, who is very handsome, I did not know that until he got facial hair. Um, because without facial hair, he's a child. He, um, I think that's probably why they made him get a beard, to make it believable. Because when I heard that he was going to be in this movie, and, it, and this is horrible on my part, but knowing the age mm-hmm. of both of them, I was just like, how are they going to make that believable? Because he literally looks like a, a little kid. He looks like a child. But I will go ahead and say that he um fine. And <laughs> Gabriel Union and Keith Powers had amazing chemistry. Like, really really like from the moment they were on screen for the first time i was like oh this feels real (laughs) like every moment they had on screen you just feel a genuine attraction and i love it it just makes me think more and more into how you always talk about that with other stuff and how important it is um So, and okay, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to segue from that right into talking about Transformers, Rise of the Machines, because, or the Beast, or whatever it was called. Um, Let me see. I can't even remember. What was it? Transformers, Rise of the Beast? Rise of the Beast or something. Hell, I don't know. I think I said it wrong in our video. Dovecat had already watched it. I told her I was going to watch it. I watched it through an alternative method that was (laughs) pristine in quality, if I must say. (laughs) But I don't know for the life of me. If um if Noah and uh, Elena are supposed to be like romantically interested in one so. another, but yes, there was zero chemistry there. Not even like in a friend way. Like it was weird. Well, something was off, and I had been saying that. But I guess it's to me, it's almost much more believable 
that this is how their interaction should have been. Because when you think about that movie, all of that took place over like the course of two days. That's true. So they shouldn't have gotten really close. If it, the only thing they could truly bond over was the fact that these robots were trying to kill them. Outside of that, they really didn't know each other and they didn't have much time to get to know each other. Either. The thing that I'm really struggling with right now that I have not come to terms with is, is Anthony Ramos cute? I think he is. I think... I can't tell. I think he is. He's not really my type because he's skinny and... um. He, he kind of looks like a lemon head. <laughs> like, like, you know, like that lemon head baby. Like, that's what he looks like to me. And I'm like... I just talk about the, the lemon head on the front of the box. <laughs> yes, that's what he looks like to me. <laughs> that's exactly what he looks like to me. Every time I see him, it's like, it's giving lemon head baby or hey Arnold. That's what I get. Because that's his, his head is more wide than it is tall. I think, yeah, I think I think he's cute. Even the picture that you sent, I think he's cute. Um... I've I'm just seen, glad that he wasn't singing in this. Because this man will find a reason to sing in anything he's in. And dear God, I'm sick of hearing him sing. Well, I mean, it's interesting because he has a music video. This was a while ago. That Liza Koshy, who is the voice of um, mm-hmm. the, the other female um, Autobot. And and he was, it was, it was believable, right? And mm-hmm. I could see the appeal. And I still see the appeal. I don't know. He wouldn't be somebody that I would go to, but I could see the appeal. And did you see, maybe it's just me and paying close attention. I feel like they did some things to his face. To try to make him not look so old. Yeah. Like around his eyes and stuff. I was just like, so we, we doing this? We doing this. Yeah. I don't know. But as far as the movie goes, um... I was entertained. I will say that this whole um, DNA digivolution thing that happened towards the end with Noah and Mirage becoming one, essentially, that was stupid to me. I hated every bit of that. It was awkward as hell. It was weird. It looked weird. Like the the fact that they tried to throw the little the little cover over his face and it just he it was giving Modoc from. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania because something about the face just did not feel weird. Just like I'm also that person like, how do you know how to do all of this or is Mirage still controlling this? Because you don't know how to do anything that's going on with your body right now with this I think it's him. I think it's Mirage. He said, it had to have been. Yeah, because he said, I'm going to need a little help. He said, are you alive? And he was like, yeah. He said, but I'm going to need a little help. So that's when he kind of think. And also, can I just say, since we're talking about this, did I think that that was weird? Most definitely. However, what y'all not going to do is sit here and say that Sam Witwicky should have got an opportunity to wear a suit. Well, tell Shia LaBeouf not to be such a dickhead. And then mm-hmm. maybe he might have been able to wear the suit. That's all I'm saying. Let Anthony have it. As wacky as it is. I... Okay, so something else that kind of bothered me about this film is that from what I remember, at least from the Beast Wars cartoon, Optimus Prime became the gorilla rather than them being completely different things. Mm -hmm. Like on when they crashed on that planet, I believe, um, they did like a scan of the life forms, much like how they adopt whatever car car Mm -hmm. they're going to be. They scanned the life forms and he became the gorilla. I didn't like that they were two separate beings. I also didn't like that there was such a vast difference in power between the two. Mm. Because, like, um, Scourge, he was fucking unbeatable. 
<laughs> he was he was wearing them out by himself. So I'm sitting here like he's beating them like this. This means that he's not used to fighting this kind of weak person. This dude came Optimus Primal came through like, oh, I'm fucking shit up. He had his little face gear on and everything. I was just I was bothered by how how weak the the Autobots were compared mm-hmm. to these these animals. And then something else that bothered me. All this shit's happening throughout this whole movie. They're doing this whole fight. He's now fighting a weakened scourge. And then when he stabbed, he was like, Let me show you the true power of a prime. Where the fuck was the true power of the prime the whole time then? What were you showing us then? What was that? And why did you feel like that was the the version that you needed to be out here in this field using instead of the true power of the prime? Uh, and then I was also a little bothered, even though it wasn't like a bad thing. I mean, they didn't have to do Michelle Yeoh the way they did, because first of all, okay, she played Air Razor. I think that's how you pronounce this I, version. I feel like everybody said it differently. But y'all played because first of all, she's her. Right. Don't do that to her. And then what was also getting me, I was like, you saw he shot the thing. It got inside of her, right? Uh When the primal was fighting with her, why did I just think he was just going to pull the shit out? I thought so, too. That's what I thought. Instead of pulling it out, he decided he was just going to yoke sis up on the ground and take her out. Uh, that's I was just like, well, he didn't want to, but she was just like, it's okay. I thought for sure that he was going to take it out too. So I'm assuming that it's not possible. I'm like, well, if you pull it out, maybe it'll stop some of the corruption. And also, this is something I've wondered as well too. Some people's voices, it seems like they have been altered a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like Michelle, yeah, we know that's her, right? Mm-hmm. Like iconic. Knew her. I knew immediately it was her, right? And not even before even looking at the cast. I knew it was her. Optimus, his voice is not really altered. Well, I guess to kind of make it sound like a machine, but I don't mean altered in that way, but you know the Optimus Prime mm-hmm. voice, right? But with the dude who was playing um, the Gorilla Pete Prime- Pete was, was adjusted. Who? Pete Davidson's as his Mirage. Was his was adjusted his, too. You can, you still can hear a little bit of him, but he- Yeah. I, I think I think with the dude, I think his name is Ron Perlman, the dude who played mm-hmm. Hellboy. Yeah, he was Hellboy. It didn't sound like him. Mm-hmm. Not to me, unless he was. Not, I would say Peter Dinklage didn't really sound like himself at all. I would not have known that was him had I not looked at the uh, the cast for. I it. almost think they lying <laughs> because I was like, that don't sound like him. And, and Liza Koshy's hers kind of sounded like hers. I mean, of course they alter it. And what I mean when I say alter it, they alter it to make it sound like they're talking through a machine. Yes, but it still sounds like the actor that they are playing. Ron Perlman did not sound like that when he was doing the gorilla and Pete Dinklage when he was playing. What's it? I to this moment did completely forgot MJ Rodriguez was in this film. And I had to, I was like, well, who's the voice of her? So when I looked up who MJ was playing, I was like, okay, I kind of hear it. Mm. I don't know. That was my thing. Okay. Well, what do you what think? else about this movie? Oh, Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, what do you think? That little boy was cute. He kind of hit me in the feels. Um, he was funny to me because his accent was so thick at times. Like, if, especially at the end when he was talking, like he's talking to Noah, and Noah's like, "I can't. We can't do it. Right. Oh my gosh, we can't go make it." And he's like, "Yeah, you can." And he, there was a specific line at the very end that it was so New York. It was so New York. It gave me more Bronx than Brooklyn, but hey, that's neither here or there. <laughs> because it, I don't know. I'm going to have to look this up because Anthony Ramos gives me Bronx. 
Ain't that where he's from? He gives me Bronx. No, but he's from Brooklyn. He's from the... Okay. So I was getting Bronx from him. I'm sorry. Well, he probably also ain't as reckless as the Bronx kind of produces, you know. People mm-hmm. from the Bronx, my family included, there's a, there's a certain, they come with a certain thing. But yeah, I thought the little boy was cute. Um, was. Um, I love that his mom is getting the work that she's getting. Because yeah. this is everywhere now. And yeah. I'm all the way here for it. Um, what's the dude? People didn't like the betrayal of, um, what's his name? Hold on. Let me look him up. Okay, so Toby's friend, to- well, I mean Toby. Noah's friend, Toby. Well, I mm-hmm. guess his name was Reek in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, eh. If I'm being Noah's- honest, I'm yeah. surprised Fat wasn't his girlfriend in the movie, if I'm being honest. Because <laughs> they are like, join at the hip. I thought for sure she was going to be in this movie with him. But go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of anything. But yeah, as a whole, one thing that I have always hated the Transformers movies for is like towards the end. Whenever there are major action sequences, it has always been really hard to see what was going because they have so much happening. It's always so much like you see the bots rolling around and everything. It's just always a lot. And in this movie, it felt like even more of a lot because they had them little them scrawny little robots running around and doing stuff too. I was also specifically bothered because in the in Beast Wars, I want to say um what's what's the super bad guy? Um damn it. Optimus Prime's um arch nemesis. I can't remember. So Megatron. In Beast Wars, Megatron was an actual scorpion so when they summon all these reinforcements and they all popped up as scorpions i don't know why they bother me because i'm just i don't know i don't know where is megatron they, they haven't come to earth yet mm-hmm. 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 yeah i'm looking at that i don't know honestly i barely remember him in the movie Oh, yes, he was great. Okay, now that you say that, because that tickled me. I just didn't realize that was his name. Um, But that one tickled me when he said that because, oh, yeah, because he was out there in Peru. My, my, I, I just assumed that it was much like everyone else. When you move to an area and you've been there for a long time, then you start adopting how people sound and what they do. Because based off of this, we find out he's been there for a long time. A very long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently he was an he's just an Autobot scientist and mechanic. That's all he is. Now I will if there was a betrayal that ticked me off, it was Cheetah. I'm a Cheetor. The one that looks like a Cheetah. Because first of all, um anyone who <laughs> well, they probably don't. I can't even use that statement. But I'll just say this. I my favorite animal is the cheetah. It's always been the cheetah. When I was in the fifth grade, I had Miss Ray for science. Um, and I did not like her. But that's not a part of the story. Actually, it is a part of the story. So we had to do a project on animals, whatever. And she and I never saw eye to eye because she never said my name correctly. She messed my name up for two years straight. I had in fourth and fifth grade. Um, so that just only gave me the right to act like an ass for two years straight. But um, Louise Kretz for two years. Yes. So, but that's beside the point. So we had to do our projects and I did mine on a cheetah, but I walked up there with a stack of yellow papers. So she was already rolling her eyes at me. She was mad. already like, Oh, he up here about to uh, act the fool. What she didn't know was <laughs> little me. 
little me was an artist. So what I had actually done was I had laid out all of my yellow pieces of paper on the floor when I was making this, and I drew a cheetah on each sheet of construction paper. Like, it was a part of the cheetah. So when I walked up there, it was all stacked together like a, a stack of yellow papers. But when I unfolded it and put it on the board, it was the full cheetah. She couldn't even say nothing. She couldn't say It made me feel so good that she couldn't even say nothing. Because she would put me on my name on the board just for walking in. So when I saw the portrayal in here, I just felt like they didn't do enough with that character. Cheetah is the fastest. Yeah, Cheetah is the fastest land animal alive. I'm expecting this particular, um, this bot to be like doing some crazy stuff and you ain't do nothing. You just wasted my time. So I was bothered by that. And they really played with me when it came to B, Bumblebee, because I texted you. It was like, look, <laughs> are they trying to tell me that Bumblebee is dick? If so, I'm about to quit because Bumblebee is to Transformers what Wolverine is for X-Men. Probably wasn't originally the most like the the biggest character out there, but they made him the big character. And unlike Wolverine, I want him around. So when he had his moment, I literally was like, I texted Dovecat like, yo, so they trying to tell me he did? And you're like, no, I was like, good, because I was about to turn this whole shit off. <laughs> so it was, about to, it was about to be a wrap for Transformers Rise of the Beast, because I would not have wanted to see the rest of it, because they played me. <laughs> yes. But it was entertaining. It was good. I do feel like it was almost like a return to form. I just wish there was a way to make it so that when these major action sequences are happening, it's easier to follow what's happening. Because all that CGI, all these robots rolling around and stuff, it, it really gets hard to really see everything in the way that you want to see it. So you, I just eventually just give up on trying to see it and just wait to see who's going to come out on top. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Honestly, I feel like what they're doing is they're erasing everything that has happened on both the Transformer side and the G.I. Joe side. I feel like they're trying to reinvent things and start over. But then the others happened. Mm-hmm. But then I heard Snake Eyes was good. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Because I don't know. I don't know. What What is this G.I. Joe movie? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see his name. Mm-hmm. I I don't, I feel like they probably will give us another Transformer movie because this one it's not performing on the same level as maybe the first two Transformers, but it is performing decent as a a movie that is recovering from the terrible ones that came out. Um, so while oh yeah, those were not good. Those were not good. I mean, uh, actually, I don't think I like the third Transformers that much. I just remember that's when that that's the one when they rec- uh replace um Megan what's her last name? Oh yeah. I was about to say good, but I was like, no, she's black. So <laughs> but um yeah, as as a film that was coming back from the terrible ones that have come out since then, I thought it was a good one. I thought it was a great way for them to go through and kind of reinvent the series if they wanted to. Um I don't want them trying to force a relationship between Noah and Lena unless they can get them in a room to make them actually start to like each other. But the way this ended, it felt like he wouldn't be in any more Transformers films after that. If any he's in anything else, he'll be in G.I. Joe. So if that's the case, then who's about to take over? Is it going to be her or are they going to find someone else? 
Yeah, but he, he, the fact that they're taking care of his brother now is more like he might lean more into doing it because that was the big, that was what drove the whole beginning part of the story. Like his brother needed help, he needed assistance, and they didn't have the money for it. And he'd rather go out here and try to steal a car than get a real job. So, um, yeah, he was late. I know. And my thing is, these jobs don't care about that type of stuff. And he didn't even say it. When he got there late, he didn't say, my brother is not doing well. I am so sorry. He was just like, I'm sorry I'm late. Nah, if you're really trying to get them to let you finish this interview, you tell them what the hell it is. If anything, get them to pull like the heartstrings a little bit. Like if they still still tell you no, let them go home and be a terrible person. But don't run up in there and have that opportunity and not say anything. It's, that ain't my brother is sick. I was at uh, I was trying to get him treatment. That's why I was late. I am so sorry about late, being late. I really do need this job. If you give me this opportunity to, uh, to show you that I can do this job, I would really appreciate it. But not this man is already walking down the stairs into a meeting and you're like, but my brother, like, where is your ambition? And then what kind of friend is Reek or whatever the hell his name is? If if you sitting there and you can bootleg cable boxes, he's like, man, you should be really doing something with this. Help me steal these cars. I don't know. I don't know if they really said. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, I, he was very New York, though. Like when, when them, them bots were like fussing at him and he like, so <laughs> like. When he's like, I'm sorry, but I'm not about to trust my planet with somebody who couldn't save his. I was like, ooh. <laughs> and then Optimus sitting over there like, ooh. <laughs> like, because he, he didn't even have a comeback. This whole time he'd been giving this boy shit. And he's like, nah, because you can save yours. Why why you think I'm going to let you try to save mine? Mm-mm. I, I, I wasn't because I don't find Pete Davidson funny on like regular shit. But if you ever go back and watch the uh, Comedy Central roast that he's a part of, that man is fucking hilarious. He is ruthless. He is ruthless. He be tearing them alive. His very first roast had me almost in tears. But when he's like on something scripted, it's just like, yeah, even this, he won't funny. He was just a cool character. Had you not said this was Pete Davidson, I would have been like, oh, I didn't know that. But you watched him? I only know him. I think I mean I'm sure he was he existed, but I don't I don't personally know him because I wasn't like a Transformers fan. I didn't have Transformers and GI Joes. I was the Power Ranger and Thundercats person. Yeah, well, I mean, but but my thing is also like even if he wasn't like that, I I doubt that Bumblebee was the type of person that he was in the comics. So it's just like it's all going to be up to their interpretation how they can create this character and make him someone that we like, kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. Ain't no we ain't know them, but they made us love them. So if we like Barrage, that means they did their job. Okay, we are 30 minutes in. I don't even know if we got time to do our icebreaker. I feel like I just kind of threw off the whole flow, but I will say that piggybacking off of last week's icebreaker the um the sub sub what do they call it submersible um imploded uh all five people on the thing have passed away or the assumption is that they passed away i think that if they found the pieces of the thing down there and the expectations it probably imploded shortly after it actually took off um they're probably gone um prayers to the families because i mean these are stills Prayer, prayers and sorrow, sorrows and prayers from Queen Charlotte. 
But um, I also hope this is a warning for people when can't don't stop fucking with the Titanic. The Titanic has taken out rich people before. Now more rich people are gone because they wanted to go see it. And then I saw one of the people who was on the thing was like, has seen the Titanic like 35 times in person. What do you need to see it again for? This isn't like climbing Mount Everest. This is the same broken up boat at the bottom of the ocean that you saw the first 30 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lives were lost. Lives were lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was being controlled by a video game controller. Yeah, and that part I'm not bothered by. I've seen that you can hook these things up to a lot of things. But what I am bothered by is the fact that this thing was the size of a Honda Civic and it's still being controlled by. No, you better make sure that everything here is secure. I need this thing to be ran by the most top notch technology, not some shit that you can have um, Bluetooth to a computer and play a video game. <laughs> hmm. And I feel bad for the son. There was a son up there who didn't even want to get up there. And now he's gone. Mm-hmm. Or that family, 500000 Because it was them and his house. But, you know. But you know what he won't own? He won't in an underwater Honda Civic or a Accord. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. He said, what you're not about to do is have me down here with Ariel and them trying to get some pictures of a boat for some people that ain't here no more for a movie that's going to be entirely too long that we trying to hope won't be like a block pop buster film, which it was still the highest grossing film of all time. But that's not the point. He invested money. These people could have invested money if the whole goal was to get people to pay to go. It's like some fire festival stuff, but underwater. Just like we know that there's some people out there that are going to spend money to do it. Let's just give them bare minimum. And make money off of it. Mm-hmm. 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 And while we're at it, before we get into blurry news, I want to say shame on you to the news. Um, well, the channel over in the BBC or somewhere that already had a documentary ready within two days of the people being gone. That is so fucking insensitive. And this is like y'all are discussing. And then piggybacking on for that, you dumbasses out here that really said, that, oh, how did they have a documentary already? This must be staged. Five people are dead. Or like the fact that the, the earth is not rounded. They think it's flat. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, we're asking for a lot for people not to be weird. But I, I think that's probably a good that's a good icebreaker. We picked up on the one from last week because. All right. So let's get into blurry news. So as always, I'm going to go ahead and start us off with DC stuff. Um, I am going to start off with some sad news for myself. So growing up, one of my favorite shows to watch was Super Friends. I love Super Friends and I love Justice League. But those were, Super Friends was my show. If anyone is not aware, Super Friends was like the original Justice League cartoon from a long time ago where you had Superman, Hawk, uh, man, all these people a part of the Justice League, and they were going against the Legion of Doom. That was every episode. And I was always here for it because it had all of these superheroes together. Well, HBO Max slash Max will be removing it off of HBO Max or Max, whatever. I'm calling it HBO Max, period, because Max sounds too much like Cinemax. And so I'm staying there. So it was it was added to HBO Max on June 18th of 2021. But now... It is gone. And I used to love Justice. I mean, Super Friends. And I don't know. That just makes me think that some of these other shows are going to be gone soon, too. It looks like it it was gone within a year. So I'm thinking they only had licensing for 
two years for the show, which I get, but at the same time, oh, so that was just that was my my sad moment from that. But moving along, right along, uh, so people have been wondering how this new DC universe that James Gunn is creating is going to differ from MCU since he worked in MCU. They're like, is he going to be pulling some things from there, or is it, you know, how is it going to be different? So. He has explained what the difference is going to be. He said, the biggest, if you look at the MCU, there are very few traditional superheroes. There was never a guy with a secret identity until Spider-Man in MCU. There, uh, Cap was turned into a soldier, even though he wears a mask. Iron Man outed himself at the end of the first Iron Man because they don't want to deal with the secret identity stuff. He says, so now with all of that said in the DCU, there's going to be a bit more of a fantasy element because there are these larger than life superheroes and you're not going to make. I mean, people are going to do what they're going to do in the future. But for me, there's Superman and there's Clark Kent. They're two very different characters and you have to find a way to deal with them that's as grounded as possible within the world of DC, which I actually do like that because Technically, they should be treated like entirely different people because they're living entirely different lives. But he did go on to say, um, say these things. So he said, one of the things I love about DC and excites me about DC is that in a way, it's another alternate history. It's Gotham City and Metropolis and Star City and Bloodhaven and all these different places in this other reality. And it makes it a little bit like Westeros in some ways. I love that about it. I love that we get to create true world building in DC. It isn't just we're throwing some superheroes on Earth. So I think that right now, that's one of the key differences. What are your thoughts here? Well, you know, one thing that I think I do believe with him as far as what he was saying, what makes him different was that everything in DC, as it's been portrayed and how it is in the comics, is based on fictional places, which I think creates an opportunity to do something very different. Whereas in like we're looking at characters like uh, Steve Rogers, who was from New York and all these things like we don't know where Gotham City is. We could say what we think it might uh, might be associated with closely with, but it's we don't know where Gotham City is. We don't know where Star City is. We don't know where all these places are. So this does give them an opportunity to create a visual world of these cities that is unlike these other places. Because when you look at the MCU, a vast majority of these places, at least the ones on Earth, are in either in a place or inspired very heavily by a place. So he, it gives them a lot more, not just building a world where these people have stories, but also giving us an actual visual for something that also looks completely different, too. So, But how, how would they do that, though? How can they make him? I mean, it's just like Bruce Wayne. I feel like if you look at Bruce Wayne, like, OK, maybe I can't see his eyes. But do you know how many of my friends I've been able to identify on their free Twitters because they, I can see their faces, their lips and stuff? I've seen them enough to know that this is who that person is. I think that's why Marvel went the whole different route. We're not going to do secret identities. We're just going to give all these people because there's no way you can hide these people. Whereas you can hide someone like, oh, so he forgot because Black Panther really did have a, a secret identity. He was They didn't know who he was under the mask. Spider-Man, they didn't know who he was under the mask. I mean, people kind of know who, who um, what's his name? Ant-Man. But- yeah, still. But, you know, that's never been a major focus for the characters. So, but to your point, we all know that that's Superman. 
we know that Clark Kent is Superman. The fact that Lois Lane was sitting up in Clark Kent's face at the uh, day job every day, every day, and did not know. And then it wasn't until he told her, and then she looked at him with the glasses on still, like, oh, I think that was probably a joke. I think they intentionally did it that way, like, to make it seem like it was so weird that some, for whatever reason, they truly do not see. But I think with Superman's character, it wasn't that he looked different. They made him act different. They made him act like someone who wasn't, who wouldn't come off like, oh, that's got to be Superman. But when you got somebody whose neck is the size of somebody's like thigh, uh, I'm going to just start looking sideways because there ain't too many people built like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, with that... Continuing through DC, this is the last thing that came across. So um, there are a number of DC animated shows coming down the pipeline. Some of them we already knew. Others are fairly new, like the first one on the list. We found out last week that Beast Boy Lone Wolf was going to be coming. Um, and it's going to be airing on Cartoon Network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then Batman Cape Crusader was one that was announced a little while ago that it got uh, acquired by Amazon. Um, so that is coming. There's no date for that one. Um, it was originally supposed to be on HBO Max because you. Know, but when WB decided they were going to go through and start chopping all these shows, Amazon, ah, let me get it. So then there's another show called um, My Adventures with Superman. My Adventures with Superman. They released some footage for that. I think I remember reading that or watching that. And it's basically supposed to be following Clark Kent during his younger days when he tries to balance being superman and working for the daily planet um jack quaid is gonna be voicing superman alice lee is doing lois lane and ishmael saheed is gonna be jimmy olsen that one is actually also gonna be on cartoon network slash adult slim that's premiering on july the 6th but it'll also be on max the next day then we have Creature Commandos. this is one of the shows that james gunn announced when he did his whole slate of things um we have not heard anything really from this show. We just know there's going to be a rated R show and he's teasing that the plot is going to be a heavy level of violence dished out on Nazis. And it's supposed to premiere on Max in 2024. This other thing is called Merry Little Batman. That's what it was originally supposed to be. Well, there's two. I look, I think they're both for Amazon Prime. There's Merry Little Batman, which is a movie. Um, It looks kind of corny but it is following a young damian wayne as he transforms into little batman to defend gotham city from villains who are trying to ruin the holidays that's probably gonna be super cute we we like damian we'll probably watch it let's be honest (laughs) and then and then there's another show called bat family which is a spinoff series and is going to navigate the fun and frustrations of life as a super family. And it's supposed to be following Batman, Alfred and Damien. And I'm just going to send you what um, I just want you to see what Alfred looks like. It looks like a testicle. Um, I'm just going <laughs> to say it. he looks like a testicle um, when it's not cold. <laughs> see testicle. And that's, or Herbert from Family Guy, the pervert in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But we also know that Harley Quinn season four is coming back. Um, that was a show that we started and we just kind of gave up on. Uh, and I was kind of grabbing. Yeah, because it also didn't follow like a regular cool storyline. So it was like, like, it just didn't feel like it got you really invested. But I feel like it's one of those shows, if you just binged it, it would just be a feel good time all the way through. But season four is coming. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
don't know. Let me see. All right. So for the cast, she's probably supporting. Um, uh, I don't know when she comes. It's not. It's kind of hard to tell. Let me just. Season three. So that's when she first appears. Um, But that her new season of Harley Quinn is supposed to be dropping this summer on Max. Then there's another show called Kite Man. Hell yeah. It was apparently a spinoff of Harley Quinn's TV show. Um, Yes. Yes, very. But he will be getting a show. It will be 10 episodes. They have not given it a release date, but my guess is it'll also be premiering on a max. So a couple things coming cartoon wise for Mar I mean DC. Hopefully one day we will get an actual announcement date for X-Men 97 for Marvel, but we're not gonna talk about that. Um there really wasn't much discussion about Star Wars stuff this week. Um it was kind of dead. I'm guessing it'll probably stay dead for a while because they don't have any shows airing right now. Um and Ahsoka doesn't come until August, so that's a whole two months from now. So We'll just wait there. But as far as Marvel goes first, because it would be we we would not be doing you all or ourselves any injustice. Well, any justices by not talking about this. We did not want to talk about it in the beginning. We did anyway, because we knew that we kind of had to. So this is a follow up on that discussion. Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors went to court this week. Um and they have officially given his trial a date. It will start on August the third. But his um, his lawyers, well, his lawyer came came with the evidence. Um, I'm gonna just go down the list of the things that they have. There are multiple witnesses who can attest that Majors never assaulted his now ex girlfriend Grace Jabari. The first is the driver of the car that took Majors and Jabari from a Brooklyn bar the night of the assault. He's ready to testify that he never saw or heard Majors raise his voice or hand at Jabari and that Majors tried to get away from her. She pulled on and ripped his coat. Next was a small group of women who recognized him during the altercation, hugged him and took a selfie with him in the midst of everything. Um, Then there's the bartender at Lucy's nightclub at the Moxie Hotel in Manhattan, who remembered Jabari's British accent and would testify that Jabari was having a great time and that he recalled no bleeding ear or bruised finger. Um, It had been previously reported that Jabari and who we now know to be three of the people who witnessed altercation between her and Majors, um, like she was having a good time out that night. Um, and they have camera footage where she can be seen using her allegedly injured right hand to shovel through her wallet for her credit card, handle her cell phone, hold a menu, clink champagne glasses with her friends, write and hand a note to the DJ, give what appears to be a fist bump into the air on the dance floor, and finally write a check. So that was that. Then there's the... The handyman, the building handyman of their triplex penthouse uh, said that he accompanied Majors when he arrived hours later to help unlock a walk-in closet door where Jabari was allegedly found half naked and passed out on the floor. And then an unidentified witness who was on the phone with Majors as he came back to the penthouse after spending the night at a hotel and found Jabari in the closet. There are also credit card statements that show that she charged rounds of shots and paid for an 800 bottle of champagne to Majors' car while at Lucy's. 
And then it says, after seeing a breakup text from the magazine Dream Star, she also allegedly charged a taxi ride back to the shared triplex penthouse where she arrived at 323, according to surveillance footage. Uh, They say that there's additional surveillance footage from the street corner where Majors allegedly got out of the car during the altercation. Footage from the Lucy's nightclub, footage from their shared penthouse, penthouse elevator footage all showed that Jabari was allegedly the aggressor who didn't show any signs of an injury to her hand or ear before heading back to their penthouse. She argued that Jabari instead took a fall while alone in Major's penthouse apartment after drinking and taking sleeping pills. The last bit of evidence that they have is, is the police body footage body cam footage which to me was the most alarming of everything that kind of happened because it seemed like they were kind of trying to coerce her into saying that he abused her um but this is what it says it says some of the body cam footage that was turned over shows a disoriented seeming uh, jabari telling cops and paramedics that she had drank to the point of throwing up in bed and had taken several sleeping tablets uh, jabari had no idea why her finger was bruised and her ear was bloody um, it said in the letter, instead telling responders, I don't know 19 times. She also asked what happened to my finger to one of the cops when she was alone with him, saying that the police body cam footage showed Jabari looking down at her hand as if discovering the injury for the first time. It also said that in the letter that Jabari, uh, in that letter, uh, Jabari also told officers that she started a fight in the car because she saw a text from another girl, wanted to see his phone and tried to grab his phone. But then the cops kept asking her if he hit her and punched her. At one point in the body account footage the cop who ended up swearing out the original assault complaint can be seen on the video touching his own throat several times while questioning what majors did as if coaching her um but the police videos do not show any visible injury to jabari's neck so that's basically all of the evidence that's come through now we have always said from the jump and we will say this about anyone who is you know, accused of these type of allegations. If you did it, you deserve whatever punishment you get. But in this case, it does look like all of the evidence that we're seeing right now is showing that he did not do anything to her. Now, I specifically say to her because she is not the only person who is claiming that he has done something to them. So he could, like Kate Michelle said about R. Kelly, he wasn't that way with me, but it has that does not mean that he was not that way with other people. So nothing in here, I think, excuses him or accuses him from being abusive to these other women who have been coming out about saying things. But what it does sound like it is doing is saying that with this particular woman, he did not do anything with her. He didn't abuse her. That's what it appears. Now, this is all just what his lawyer has gotten. I am going to assume whatever lawyer she has has gotten up some type of evidence to try to make or um, try to, I guess, um, discredit that stuff. But I mean, if they're going to court, she's going to, they're going to have to try to do something. Yeah. And that's assuming she actually wants to go on the stand. But I would not be shocked if these charges end up getting dropped before this, this case like the trial actually starts to move, but because it does not look like it's going to be, it doesn't look like he can lose this. <laughs> now, granted, these other these other people can still come through and say something to try to support the idea that he could have done something to her, but nothing in what they've provided shows that she was a victim of any type of abuse from him on this occasion. Not that I'm aware of. I haven't seen anything that says that the state has presented anything. I'm guessing they're about to hold on to that until this court date. I don't know. But I was most bothered by the the body cam footage because 
it seems like they were trying to set him up and they felt like, okay, this is a drunk white woman who is with this black man. She doesn't know how she, either she doesn't know how she was hurt or we're trying to walk her into giving her a scenario that would make sense for why she is hurt rather than actually talking to people. Because I'm like, if they were able to find all these witnesses, then I don't know. It just seems like they jumped the gun to try to charge and arrest him with something. So I don't know. Whole film support from uh, support from his castmate, support from the industry still. Like he, I mean, they have literally they they went off, did their little rehab stint, and as far as I'm concerned, they probably would welcome him with open arms into some other films. Get messy. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, that would be messy, but she definitely was at the courthouse with him. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. Why he had that shit on? What is this? The color purple? He up here dressing like Mr. He was dressed like Mr. Like that thing was so loose. That was one of the, he was wearing a bed sheet that was formed in the shape of a tux or a, a, a jacket. What? And it was wrinkled. At the very least, dressed like you belong beside Megan Good. A lot of people claim that he probably wore that so that he didn't appear as strong because, you know, he got body. <laughs> he got body and it's not easy to hide that kind of body. So he was wearing um, a thousand um, thread sheet to court to try to hide it. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me that Ezra fucking Miller was still allowed to be in the final um, Fantastic Beast movie after them allegations, but they got Johnny Depp up out of there? I did not, because you know, I don't follow Harry Potter because I hate it, but I did not know that, because the, there was a movie that came out last year and he was still in it. These allegations about him have been going on for years. Oh, that just made me, oh, that just made me so mad. Oh, that just made me so mad. I am, oh, I, I am, I am so, <laughs> I am so hot about this. I was saying, I had to go back and look. His first allegation came up in 2020 when he strangled that woman and then threw her to the ground. That was in 2020. He filmed, they start. And you know, you know what the representative for Ezra said? They said that the strangulation was a spontaneous reaction spurred by a group of teenagers taunting Miller over Miller's mixed martial arts skills and that they did not strangle the woman, but went at her collarbone. That just, that just, that really just burned me up. You know what? Okay. I'm done with Ezra. Okay. Now, since we were talking about Jonathan Majors, this is a good way for us to lead into how they have revealed the first official plot synopsis to season two of Loki. So what it says, it says, Loki season two picks up in the aftermath of the shocking season finale when Loki finds himself in a battle for the soul of the time variance authority. Along with Mobius, Hunter, B-15, and a team of new and returning characters, Loki navigates an ever-expanding and increasingly dangerous multiverse in search of Sylvie, Judge Renslayer, Miss Minutes, and the truth of what it means to possess free will and glorious purpose. And there's some new characters coming. Um, uh, Kiwi Kwan is going to be in this, who we know from Indiana Jones, also Everything Everywhere All at Once, who won the Oscar. Uh, he's also because he's also an American um, born Chinese as well. Um, and then Kate, uh, Game of Thrones, Kate Dickey is also joining the cast. 
Kate Dickey was um, she <laughs> she played um, I think it's Lisa Aaron from Game of Thrones. She was also in uh, Tinseltown. She was a, a oh, well, she she was the one who had the crazy son. Like she was like in the series, he was like this kid was like 12, 13, maybe even older than that, and she was still letting him breastfeed off of her. Yeah, it was it was different. But um so yes, we got a description of Loki season two, um, which it appears that we'll be pushing for. It does not sound like Marvel has decided they were gonna make any adjustments as it relates to Jonathan Mabrich at this moment. But we also know that there was nothing they could do about season two Loki at this point anyway, because it was already filmed by the time all this stuff happened and they were not about to watch that. Yeah, I don't think he's I think that at the Aquanomania, I think they're just going to be dropping nuggets with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess one last thing about Marvel, since we've talked about Jonathan Majors, uh, it's only right that we discuss Tanok Huerta. Um, we had some allegations that come up about him as well. I have not heard much outside of the fact that he said, nah, we actually, she and I dated. Um but nothing that she's saying is uh, true, blah, blah, blah. She talks about how she did not say anything because she was basically being pressured and scared into not saying anything because of his rise in fame. Um, there haven't been no true details about what she's saying has happened. Uh, she just kind of, in fact, she didn't, she didn't go into detail at all about what happened. She just kind of called him, a, said that he assaulted her, sexually assaulted her. Um, but he has withdrawn from a film that he was supposed to be doing for Netflix called Fiesta in La Madriguera. That was, but he's dropped out of that due to these things. I think that he's going to do like Jonathan Majors did and kind of go into hiding until they get everything situated. Her stuff kind of came out of nowhere, but maybe it's also because I'm not very connected to much Spanish-related news. I When I found out about it, it was a lot of what was being posted had to be translated into English because it had not made it into mainstream uh, news over here yet. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it would have mattered. I don't think it would have mattered. Um, this is what he said. A false and completely um, unsubstantiated accusation about me has spread like wildfire and I cannot let it go unchallenged any longer. About a year ago, I dated Elena for several months. It was entirely consensual at all times and as countless others can attest. And throughout it, it was a loving, warm and mutually supportive relationship. At the end, it, however, Elena began to misrepresent our interactions both privately and in front of groups of mutual friends. As a result, a few months ago, Uh, Months ago, I engaged a legal team to commence the appropriate actions to protect my reputation and refute these irresponsible and false accusations that can cause great prejudice and damage. Although I am by no means perfect, I know that these allegations are simply untrue. And while I will always work to improve myself, I need to contest claims that are both false and offensive. I am deeply grateful to my family and the people who have supported me and greatly appreciate everyone who is willing to look at the facts and reflect before rushing to an untrue and unjust conclusion. I don't know if I get it sounds guilty from that. It sounds like he has a good PR team um, based off of how it was written, because it is the thing that is weird to me, which like I would want to know when this. I don't want to know because I really don't want to know the details and stuff like that if some of these things did happen. But I'm very interested in knowing how they dated. And then once they ended every a lot of their interactions, she started to communicate to other people as being abuse. And that that's very 
weird to me. Um, not saying that what she's saying is not true because I'm going to always believe the, the victim first. It just, it makes me wonder because I, I just want to know what happened, what type of help she got to make her feel comfortable with speaking up and about something like that. Because generally when someone who's been a part of something that abusive, they, it takes some time for them to really be able to speak up to about the things that they've gone through and for her to be able to go to their family and friends and tell them that stuff. It's just like, either she has a really, really good support system or something is off. I'm hoping maybe it's the support system <laughs> uh, because through a good deal of support, you can get the strength to be able to speak up about things like that um, with the people who need to know. But I also think that there's a lot that's missing from here for us as the public to be able to draw a conclusion either way. Um, like I said, if he did that, he deserves every punishment that he can get. But I don't know if there's enough that has been said on either end, honestly, to be able to say, yes, I believe him or yes, I believe her. Right now, I'm just sitting back. like I'm just waiting for more stuff to come out so I can draw a conclusion. Um, and I just hope that that's not something that she had to deal with. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. Yeah. No one deserves to get away with something like that. But we'll see. So that brings me to the end of Blurdy News. So we had two bits of homework this week. Our first bit of homework was to watch Secret Invasion, episode one. The other bit of homework was to watch Wonder Woman, Bloodlines. And I think we should probably start with Bloodlines. I feel like we'll probably have a lot more to talk about when it comes to Secret Invasion. Have you watched my TikTok yet? Okay. Okay. All right. So Wonder Woman, Bloodlines. I told you last week that I felt like if they were going to do something with Cheetah and just use her as a pawn, that it could have used this movie as a basis for that. What were your thoughts when you watched this? <laughs> Honestly, it's a combination of the first and second Wonder Woman when you really look at it. They just did a time jump just to kind of speed you up to where we are now and today. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, Steve Trevor. Mm-hmm. You see how she was a lesbian at the end? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Yes. Mhm. Mhm. And I also like that they they made him likable in the animated series. He was funny. He had like a personality. He he, he had a personality that made you understand why somebody would like him. Like Chris Pine, he was like boring. He was just a nice face. Yeah. And the hands that Wonder Woman got on her in this animated series, they played with us when it came to live action. Because when I tell you Sis was working them out, like when she, uh, Giganta, and he, she whooped Giganta's asses <laughs> different. Or even when she kind of like, she blinded herself. Oh, no, not before she blinded herself, when she was like jumping and dodging and all this other stuff, like you saw the warrior come out. If I'm honest, I haven't seen the type of warrior that we should have been seeing with Diana in the live action since the Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Inge- uh, the Dawn of Justice, when she showed up and she was fighting because there was a moment where she got smacked, she hit the ground and she got up and she was smiling. Like she had been waiting for this moment for a while. And then, though this is probably one of the only good things I liked out of the Snyder cut of Justice League, 
the the scenes that they had with Diana fighting in that one that they did not include in the original film were much more in line with seeing Diana being a true fighter. They played with showing us how much of a fighter she is. She is someone from a fighting perspective who can probably wreck most of these people. She's given Superman a run for his money plenty of time, but whew, the way she when she blinded herself and she she knew. She can see this girl. I was like, oh, she was she was like, look, I'd rather go blind and still be able to fight than to allow you to turn me into stone and I can't do anything. Like when um Hippolyta was like, She's this is a a true Amazon. She would rather die fighting. Mm-hmm. Do you know that was Cree? Cree did her and Medusa. It's so weird here finding out that she's doing voices that don't sound like her voice. <laughs> When she closed the door. But I also think she did it because she knew that they couldn't help. The only person who could have fought her at that point was them. They were literally being wrecked at any any opportunity that they could get. They were just being slung everywhere. These are just regular people. They can fight, but they're just regular women. They, I think she knew that she was the only one who can do it. And I think she was also trying to still stand in solidarity with the decision that she made for her people. Because I don't think that it would have looked right for her to show lenience to her just because she's her daughter when if it was anyone else that was an amazon that she would have had to she would have done the same thing that she did to her so i think she's trying to stand up as a queen and be like yo i you could see on her face that there were moments she wanted to do more but i think she also knew that she couldn't because as a queen as the one over all of them she can't show favoritism to her either so it was oh it was definitely trash it was trash Oh, she was working my nerves. Civil Swine, Vanessa. Mm-hmm. And that's all it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's this? What have I seen him in? The guy who plays Steve Rogers. Oh, he's a, uh, he plays in Law and Order. Mm-hmm. And then the girl who played um, Vanessa slash Silver Swine. I don't know if you've watched um, The 100, but she stars. There was a show that was on CW. It was actually really, really good. It was like a post-apocalyptic type show where Earth became in, uninhabitable, so everyone went into space. And then <laughs> these are terrible parents, but they basically selected a hundred of their kids and sent them down to Earth, and basically said, "Okay, well, if they die, then we know that it's not inhabitable. But if they live, we can go home." And so they basically took kids that were either like bad kids, ones that were uh, arrested. Some of them were their kids. And they just sent them down. She was one of the girls that went down there. She was tolerable up until a certain point on the show. She really got on my nerves, though. Um, there were a lot of black people on the show this time. But, yeah, uh, Vanessa was irritating because, like you said, all of her anger was misplaced. But there were moments when she was working them out, too. Because them wings were, um, they were a beast. Now, can we talk about why, um, I think her name was Dr. Poison. And then why they thought that they could control Medusa, but why they think they can control her. What They had no mechanisms put in place to control Medusa. I don't even remember. Let me see. Let's see. They didn't really say. I'm looking. Let's see. Why did Dr. Poison? Mm-mm. Okay, so they... It claimed, they claimed that they resurrected Medusa because they felt like Medusa would be the one who would be able to find Themyscira and they could use Medusa to help steal the technology. But yeah, Medusa came out. She was like, oh, answer to y'all. <laughs> like literally just straight up, like first thing that came out of her mouth, like what you talking about? Like <laughs> mm-hmm. and she was wrecking shot. She was turning all of them into stone. Did you watch the um the mid credit scene? 
Hmm. What 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 got out? Mm-hmm. Oh. No, I don't remember. To me, although this was an entertaining movie, I think this was one of the weaker ones they had. Because there were moments where I kind of felt like it kind of it jumped around a lot, or it's like it tried to speed two sections. Um, so this was definitely one of the weaker ones. But I saw that one thing that was alarming to me was the fact that Steve Trevor landed on Themyscira because he had been attacked by the parademons. This means that the parademons have been around for a long time. They had been they had been already trying to infiltrate things that and there was a five year jump between when she first met Steve Ro- uh, Steve Rogers, Steve Trevor to today. So it yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 But you know, I will say that Rosario Dawson is my favorite voice of Wonder Woman so far. They've switched around a couple of times and I enjoy hers the most, I believe. Um, but the next movie is Justice League Dark Apocalypse. I have warned you ahead of time and I want you to remember that. I want you to remember that because of this series of stuff. Yeah. And then we can probably jump straight to the, the Batman one with the with the new Damien and his uh, Super Saiyan hair. Oh, I just want to warn you that I told you ahead of time um, that things get real nasty. I am, in fact, the first. Yeah, it's basically Infinity War and Endgame together. So just think of how how in Infinity War, Thanos wrecked shop. Some people didn't make it. And then, you know, they're trying to figure out life after he wrecks everything so you'll just have to watch and let me know what you think but um yeah it's a good one it's a good one all right so let's talk about secret invasion so secret invasion premiered on wednesday on disney plus as a part of a six episode series centered around nick fury who has now come back to earth um after being called back to Earth, <laughs> because scrolls have decided that since he and Cap- uh, Captain Marvel did not live up to their end of the bargain, they will be taking over Earth. So the first episode was called Resurrection. What were your thoughts? Mm-hmm. 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 I wasn't betting on anybody dying in the first episode. Well, yeah, you know, she's had some health issues in the past, but I think that they they probably are trying to get her to look young. Well, no, because honestly, she wasn't that she wasn't that thick in, in Game of Thrones either. She just always had on them tons of clothes that made her look big because she had all those dresses and everything. On. Yeah. Is, is that a romance or is it a romantic comedy or no, it's not Nicholas Spark, is it? Because I don't like his racist ass. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, grab it. Mm-hmm. So I got a theory. I got a theory. I got a theory. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of your questions this whole time. And I hope people remember that the technology that they're using to steal people's minds is the same one that they used in Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. 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 So, I, okay, so I'm going to give you a theory. Okay, and it, I, I'm, I can't take full credit for this. This originated in the TV group. So shout out to Latoya Haynes from the Electric Chatter TV um, group that I'm in. And her question was, could Gravik be Fury's son? 
And she said that one line and then my mind started spiraling. You know how I work. First thing that came to mind for me was this. There's a scene where Talos, um, Fury, and Maria Hill are in this room and they're talking. And Talos tells him, he said, well, I am considered really handsome as a, for a scroll. And, and Nick Fury says, I've seen good looking scrolls before and you're not it. And that stuck with me. That really stuck with me. Because as after that, at the end of the show, what you also find out is that all of, when when Fury was walking through Russia alone as a black man, like whatever, he was seeing multiple people along the way. We find out at the very end, every single one of those people that he made eye contact with was gravid. This feels deeper than hey, you are just someone who promised to help us get somewhere and you never did. This feels a lot deeper. And then there's a moment where they're talking about Gravik and um, Nick Fury mentions something to the effect of, I know him very well. We also know that Nick Fury has a wife now. We know that uh, Charlene Woodard was cast as his wife. Her name is Priscilla. However, We've never seen this wife. And we also know that the longer a scroll stays human, well, in a human face or whatever, the harder it is to determine that they are a scroll. That was something that Gaia said. So she's she could he could have met a scroll after the events of Captain Marvel. He also could have had a child. So not only could this child be upset that, you know. They were promised a place, but also it sounds like this place that he chose would have never been a place that he would have gone to, too. Nick Fury chose home over going to a planet that would have been inhabited by scrolls. And I just feel like it's when everything was happening at the end, when he saw the little girl again, and he saw the I think he saw the woman and he saw the man. It was like he was showing him. It felt started feeling like it felt like it was intentionally done to hurt him, like to show him how weak he was now. Like, I'm running this. This was a place that you would have chosen over a family that you created. And I'm showing that you have no control over where you are now. And it's your fault. Like, it just, I don't know, something, it, it makes me feel like, almost like the anger you heard in Monica Rambeau when they brought up Wanda. Like, that feeling of abandonment that comes up and how, like, how she even looked at her from that point on had changed. I'm like, what if something like that happened here? And the reason he's as mad as he is, is because of something like that. Or what if we end up finding out that Charlene, who is cast as his wife, is dead? And I, um, something I brought up in the TikTok video, because I talk about this in the TikTok video too, but something I brought up in the TikTok video also was that I thought that they had originally promoted um, Secret Invasion as being a show that took place during the blip. What we have found out now in this first episode is not just that the uh, Nick Fury who was on Earth was actually really Nick Fury. He's still dealing with the the effects of having been blipped because he kept he thought about it again that moment when he was blipped. We had all been thinking that there was a strong possibility that our Nick Fury wasn't the one who was blipped, and that that Nick Fury who was there was a scroll. Now, granted, a lot of that was fan theory because we were looking at the sandwich that he was eating, and he had always said that he could never eat a sandwich that was cut in the triangle still that will create a lot more depth to why gravic is acting the way that he is than just being an outraged young scroll who wants to take over a planet because he was promised one 
See, I don't. I think that, well, he could be, because, you know, Nick Fury's smart. He thinks ahead a lot. Someone, who was it? It was not AV. It was someone, I think it was Screen Rant or somebody, somebody, they had a breakdown video and their belief that he had to limp because he was so used to walking in space that the change in gravitational pull being on Earth was a lot for his legs to adjust to. I I think that's kind of far-fetched, but I think they're also trying to show us that Nick Fury's old now. Mm -hmm. See, I think the thing that makes that even more interesting to me is that I think it's a combination of both. I think that he did orchestrate him coming back and putting on this act, but I also think that it was motivated by this false confidence that he has, thinking he's the same Nick Fury as he used to be. And I think that the whole thing at the end, especially with Maria Hill being killed, is to show them that he's not who he used to be. And this person is, as much as he thinks he's a couple steps ahead, this person is already is more steps ahead than he is. So I think that that's going to I think that that's going to be the the very big part of this series now is that Nick Fury is now going to have to navigate being with these Avengers and dealing with these threats on Earth from a new point of view, not from the way he was doing things before, because he's not the same as he used to be. I think that well, right when since it's fresh on my mind, some guy commented on our TikTok page and all. All he had to say was something about Nick Fury. I started off the video saying it being I was inspired by how rough Nick Fury looked. So that's why I hadn't shaved a joke. He was still talking about like, like, sir. And then he was like, well, he didn't have time to shave. We are talking about Nick fucking Fury. Whether he's in space or on Earth, he is a man who if he was not dealing with something, he would have kept himself up. How do we know that? Because he kept himself up in the first uh, the trailer that we seen from the Marvels when he in space. He ain't he ain't got no things up there. He got stuff up there. He just ain't shaved. This is a man who's dealing with trauma. People, when you're dealing with trauma, you don't, especially if it's depression, you leave behind some of the things that were basic things for you at one point, just because you're not in the same headspace. I think that was why they showed him the way he was. It was not just, well, I think it could have been a part of his act, but it was also reflecting where his mental state was. Because him just sitting there, he thought about when he got blipped. It's like, so he's still dealing with that. And he also has no, he hasn't talked. He Nick Fury. Who he going to talk to? Who is he going to talk to about the trauma that he felt and the feelings that he felt from knowing he blipped and then he just came back? Mm-hmm. I wish he would just trim it down to make it a beard and line it up. <laughs> So, you know, they're claiming that this movie, I mean, the TV show takes place after Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania as well. You know, Marvel has updated their timeline where it fits. So it's after that and She-Hulk. So, which means, I don't know. I guess, to your point, what was he doing in space now then? I think it was Far From Home? Mm-hmm. hmm 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 See, I also have another question, though. At the end of WandaVision, at the end of WandaVision, was that Gaia that went to go talk to Monica? Okay, so if that's the case... So I'm struggling with the timeline right now. Because at that point, we know that that was when we believed that Nick Fury was asking her to come out their space which is why they were doing that little thing up there in space. So if that's the case, when does the Marvels take place? Does it take place sooner than we think? 
But then th- that's the thing that's confusing me because this is happens after Quantumania, but Qu- WandaVision was the first thing in the thing since the blip. So unless we're to believe, and I, I don't believe that. I was about to say, unless we're to believe that the post-credit scene with Monica when she was basically summoned to space actually took place later down in the timeline than actually after the immediate events of WandaVision, something is just off right now. <laughs> because if that's the case, then Nick Fury should, I don't know. I just seen the Marvels. I guess it all depends on how much time he's been spending up there. And if he came back into onto Earth and she was still up in space doing whatever for him. But if that's the case, why was he looking rough? You really want people to see you like this? I don't know. So he looks rough. I mean, it, it you can like it, but he's still rough. <laughs> well, I don't know. Cause I, to me, it sounds like she abandoned them a long time ago, maybe during the blip. I'm guessing we're going to probably learn. Maybe that's why they say this. It takes place during the blip. Cause there's going to probably be a couple of episodes or at least one episode that shows some of the things that happened during the blip for her to have just kind of cut off her family to the point that she didn't know that her mom was dead. Mm-hmm. So do you truly believe that she actually was working with them with the whole bag thing at the end? Or do you think that they, they had a backup plan for that? Cause there's a part of me that feels like she went and met up with her dad. They had this little conversation to orchestrate a plan. And all she did was just kind of, she could be behind everything and not graphic. Mm-hmm. No, but when I say behind the things, I mean, she may have her own plans while Gravik is doing something. You know how there's always that person that's in the background in a lot of these movies where there's the villain, but then there's the person who's been kind of planting the seeds for the villain to do certain things. And I'm wondering if she could be that way. Because there was a post online, it was like, is Gaia really the villain here? And I'm like, that's a good... Mm-hmm. Gravik? Mm-hmm. 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 I think Rhodey's one. I do. Okay, so maybe I'll say something kind of controversial here, but we'll we'll deal with it. He's giving um, the white man's pet. You, but you see, but you see what I mean though. When you look at how he's acting and how he's, it's like it's it's being masked as this loyalty to the country, but something, all of his interactions just seem so. Ugh, to me every single one of them to just been bothering me and it's been bothering me since tony stark has passed any of his moments that he's popped up something about what he's doing makes me feel like that and i hate saying that because it sounds so terrible but that was the best way that i could describe it because i knew as soon as i said it you knew exactly what i meant by that mm-hmm. especially when you're black mm-hmm 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think even when he had the talks with um, Falcon, with Sam Wilson, I just didn't like his interactions and it just something just feels off about him. And maybe maybe he'll turn out to be a scroll. And then when the real one comes back, it'll make me feel better, um, especially since we know that this is a technically, I think, supposed to also lead into is this supposed to lead into um, Armor Wars as well? I think that it's supposed to tap into that. Mm hmm. Where's Ross? Where's the real Ross? I would have loved for them to show him like tied up somewhere. And how long has that? How long has Ross been a scroll? That means that the, the Ross that was talking to Valentina is probably the scroll version of him too. What if What if Valentina's a scroll? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's one and done. Well, I think that that's what he he did that intentionally because when you sit back and you go back to when Maria died and he and uh, Nick went over her body and they were talking, she said it was you. And I think that that could be played 
a couple ways. Like one, that's who she last saw. But for him, he might see that as him being guilty. Like he was the reason why this didn't work out the way that it was. I think this is more of, yeah, I think this is more of Gravic playing mental games with, with Nick Fury because now he's naturally going to assume responsibility of losing one of the, his closest allies from the moment he's been a, a part of the MCU, honestly. Well, at that time or in space, probably to be eyes on things, probably to be eyes on things when he wasn't going to be able to, because kind of like Ross, she probably would have been one of the people who can get him to come back to Earth if he, he needed to be here. But I don't know. There's just going to be a lot. Yeah, they're claiming that this should connect to Armor Wars in some way. A long time ago, they were speculating that the scrolls will be trying to use Stark technology for certain things as the series goes on. I don't know. Maybe it could be related to some of these bombs that they're trying to create going forward or something. I don't know. But yeah, they, they the fact that they've infiltrated everything in the way that they have, I'm like, what what kind of fucking were they doing on Earth this whole time? Because they got to have a whole they, they were like, you know, we ain't got nowhere to go. They, they were treating it like COVID. These were all COVID babies. <laughs> they were working, working, mm-hmm. right? Also, did we always know the scrolls were really strong? Did we always know the scrolls were really strong? Because the way that he got smacked around that room, I said, "Well, dear God!" I was like, "You came through with Avengers real quick, huh?" Right? I was like, oh, "Okay." I also like that they gave us a hint at how aging works for them. It's like, I think he said he's like 120, but in like human years, it was like 40. So they oh, oh, which means a lot of these kids were a lot older than we thought they were. Mm-hmm. But, but this was a good, it was a good start of it up series. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. He was the glue. He's the glue. And his presence was missed. You can feel that he wasn't around. One, because... A lot of these people were making decisions that he probably was like, uh-uh, to. Like, they had no guidance. And that was the thing that I kind of, I think kind of helped in the the earlier stages of the Avengers, like, up until Endgame. Like, he helped keep some type of structure there. After that, these people were so lost that they hadn't, and they had no leader. They didn't have a Tony Stark. They don't have a C. Rogers. They don't have an actual leader. And Nick Fury wasn't there either. So they out here just doing whatever the hell they feel like. And we're getting the results in that based off of their actions and honestly, some of the quality of the stuff that we've been getting. (laughs) But yeah. Mm. And that was another thing. I know this is going to be, this is a huge stretch, but in my mind, after this whole, this is Fury's son theory came to mind. I was like, that's why this man chose a biracial looking kid. I mean, person to play. He's like, he ain't he can't show what it looks like to be a scroll and a human. But I'm like, maybe he chose this particular body for a reason. It shows that he's he's dipping in both sides. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, we only got five episodes left. Mm-hmm. And I thought that Gravik was an original character. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he's not in the comics. They created this character, which is why my mind went even more to this as uh, Nick Fury's son. Come like he has no history. They create. They're creating all of this for this series. Why? I mean, I mean, they missed a great opportunity, but we. I haven't. It's not like we haven't been wrong before. But some people, somebody on our TikTok actually commented, was like, yeah, I actually think that this is a good theory, but it's interesting. 
Well, thanks to Latoya Hayes for putting that in my mind. Or Hayes, 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 Hayes. Let me go verify because I don't want to be saying nobody's name wrong because I I hate when people do that to me. But yeah, she. But she's also a faithful listener. She's probably listening to this right now. So. But yeah, Latoya Haynes. But yes, it should be interesting to see how this all plays out. I'm really interested in seeing what we get for the rest of the series. I'm interested to see how it connects to the larger picture, especially considering we know we're not going to get any other Avengers and Secret Invasion because he wants to handle this himself. So like how they get it to connect to other stuff is going to be interesting. I also read that the people who wrote... Secret Invasion said that Kevin Feige, he kind of let them do what they wanted to do as long as the story made sense. Like he let them, he didn't come through saying it got to be like this, this, and this. He let them kind of have free reign to a certain degree as long as it created a good story. And I'm guessing he was pretty impressed with it for them to be like, you know what, y'all did that. So, mm-hmm. um, possibly, but I don't know if it'll be in the acting capacity. Like, I think that if we see them, maybe it'll be we get uh, a look into where all these humans are being housed and held. And maybe we'll see some people kind of sitting on that bed being connected or something with that machine um, or um, capacitated or something. That's not the word that I meant to say. I can't remember. But uh, incapacitated. (laughs) But uh, yeah, but I don't know if we'll get many acting things. And if we do, they're probably human, regular people like Rhodey or... I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we will get Ross again or something. Or maybe the 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 um maybe the uh, Natasha that fell off the cliff was actually a scroll. Is she just chilling down there? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Now, well, we know that Tony Stark wouldn't be able to come back because he died and then he never turned. And it usually seems to happen quicker. But she got through off the cliff. It ain't like they ever really zoomed in on her face after that. We just saw a body land down there. Mm-hmm. 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 And if that's I'm telling you, like, that'd be crazy. Imagine if we get both Natasha and Yelena together, at least for one one thing. Or imagine the feelings that rush over Yelena if she sees Natasha one one last time. I mean they can kill her again, but you know. Yeah. But super excited for the rest of the series. We have five episodes to go. Episode two drops on Wednesday. We don't know what the name of it is yet. I don't think. Let me see if they've released it. Episode two. Hmm. I looked. I looked at EB. Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, he was kind of breaking down a lot of things. I watched his and somebody else's. Um, but he's the other person is not as animated as EB. I love the animated nature of EB. Mm-hmm. No, no. But I'm glad that there's someone who does. Thank you, Evie. But again, so next week, does this mean that we'll be watching that that um, Super Kids, whatever, Damien movie, DC animated movie? Are we good? Oh, damn. That's right. We do have to close it out. Apocalypse. I'm trying to remember what it's called. Okay, it's Batman and Superman Battle of the Super Sons. So that's what it is. They've been a lot of movies since then. Apocalypse War came out in 2020. After that, they've released one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven movies. The most recent one is called Batman, the doom that came to Gotham. Mm-hmm. Also, before we go, I just want to talk about how no one is going to Comic-Con this year. And I'm so glad we did not get tickets. I know, but we talked about that. We were like, oh, we're going to go one time. This would have been, it would have been just our luck that this was the time that we actually were able to get everything together to go only for nobody to show. Yeah. Right. Like, why are we going to be there? Like, even HBO ain't going to be there. That means that most likely no WB announcers are going to be taking place either. Like, literally nothing. These people are going to be pissed. 
Well, I think that I think that even though Comic Con is a big thing now that Disney has their little or they have their D twenty three thing, it kind of it's almost overkill. Like them going to that and then like three months later doing their own thing. So I got I started thinking that Comic Con was just going to turn into like very small announcements and then D twenty three being all their big stuff going for for it. Mm-hmm. Wow, these um these animated movies for DC actually be making money. Like the Apocalypse War, it made five million dollars. Like for something that's just kind of dropped, and it's a very niche type of you know customer base. That's not too bad. One of their movies actually made over ten million dollars. One made ten million dollars, and one made eleven million dollars. Batman Under the Red Hood made twelve. These are all straight to DVD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do want to go out here and say that Justice League Dark Apocalypse War has 100% of a rating. And so does Battle of the Super Sons. So, yeah. Okay. So, next week's homework Secret Invasion, Episode 2, and Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. You've been warned. For Apocalypse War, I'm going to just say you know how on Infinity War, um, Loki ain't make it past like the first 10, 15 minutes? I'm going to just say. In like the first 15, 20 minutes of this movie, a lot of people ain't going to make it. And when I say a lot of people, I mean a decent amount of people are not going to make it. And this movie, I mean, some of them, but I will say this. You remember one of those movies that we watched ended, I think it was the Superman movie, The Reign of Superman. That one ended with them basically deciding they were going to take it to Dark Side. So all I'm going to say is it was their fault that some of them died because they decided to go to dark side. They could have left him, but no, they decided they were going to go to him. So, and all I'm going to say is dark side said, you came up in my house. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, I am very, very interested in all your reviews. I would not be shocked if this would be one of those times where you send me a, a, a no context message because... <laughs> You're gonna, it's gonna get you for a minute. I think somebody, if I'm not, I'm not gonna say who, I think I remember somebody losing an arm. Um, yeah, yeah, whole arm gone. So, but that's all. Secret Invasion, Justice League Dark, Apocalypse War. We will talk to you guys next week.